Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something. And I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pencils and Lipstick. I'm Kat Caldwell. And today we have an interview show for you on this 184th episode. I am talking to JB Favor, and we're talking about ghostwriting. JB Favor is a ghostwriter herself. And so we are going to talk about how she got into it and what ghostwriting is and why somebody might go that route. I just want to validate everybody out there who has a story to tell and might not want to write it themselves, or maybe you've tried and it's just not your cup of tea, or you just don't have the time. Believe me, there are lots of books put out in the world every year written by ghostwriters. And these writers are very talented writers. They are people who can capture the voice of the narrator, which would be the person whose story it is, and put it onto paper exactly how that person wants to tell the story. I have talked to several ghostwriters throughout the years, but JB was kind enough to say that she would come on the show and kind of put a face to ghostwriting and tell us how she got into it and tell us what the benefits are, how it works, what you might need to bring to a ghostwriter, what it might include as to work for both you and the ghostwriter and any other question that you might have. I encourage you to check the show notes. I have JB's uh, website linked there. You can follow her on Instagram as well. She We talk about her poetry that you can check out You can check out her books that she has worked on on her website. And really, if you guys think maybe that is a viable option for you, um, check her out, see what it's all about, what ghostwriting is about. Go to LinkedIn. She said she's more active there and you can ask her questions. Um, But again, if you have a story to tell, I highly encourage you to check out ghostwriting as an option. If it's if writing, like actual typing, <laughs> is not really your forte or you just don't want to do it for whatever reason. Life is busy, right? Sometimes um, working with somebody, and I don't think that writing has to be a lonely endeavor. Um, working with somebody can really bring out exactly the story that you want to put out into the world. So before we get into the interview, I just want to remind you to share this podcasts with people around you who are readers and writers. I really appreciate it. It helps the podcast, especially during the summer when people are out and about and doing other things. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to just share the channel with people, subscribe to the channel, make you know, little comments in the comment section. I'll be checking it throughout the summer. Although I'll be pre-recording all the episodes, I will be sort of active in the background. So if you have questions or you have comments, please let me know. If you are listening on whatever podcast app, please subscribe, maybe give us a little review. Um, it helps the get the podcast out to more people. And we're going to go into a lot of writing tips this summer, how to stay motivated, how to do your editing yourself, um, health tips for writers, lots of things that writers will really enjoy, I think. 
I think. <laughs> so be sure to subscribe and share. It really helps with all those algorithms out there. So now that we have that out of the way, be sure to check out the retreat as well. If you are interested in coming to Spain and writing with us, working one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes with me and Marcy, and sometimes by yourself, seeing the beautiful city of Toledo, Spain, eating wonderful food, not having to worry about making dinner for the rest of your family, but just being able to write, 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 possibly brainstorm with the rest of us, and then write a little bit more, right? And you can get live feedback as you're writing. If you're interested in writing with us in Spain, be sure to check the show notes below or go to catcaldwell.com and you can find out more there as well. So let's get into the interview and talk to JB Favor about ghostwriting. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pencils and Lipstick. Today I have with me JB Favor. Hi, JB. How are you doing? Hi, Kat. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm so excited to talk to you. So we have a, a friend in common, Stacy Juba, an internet friend. <laughs> uh, but before we get into it, could you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us where you're from and, and a little bit about who you are. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast. My name is Jamie Thaver, and I am a ghostwriter and a poet as well. So that technically means that I help people write yesterdays. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about ghostwriting. Um, I think that it's a, an incredible skill. So what what exactly got you into ghostwriting in the first place? Like, what, what about or writing in general, I guess. Okay, so about writing in general, I've always liked, no, that's the, that's the mistake, I've always loved to write, actually. So when I was little, I used to have this journal, I still have my journals, but I used to call it my sad journal, and I just like to put my sad thoughts, so if I was having a bad day, I had this Little no, I just go in there. Oh, someone made me upset today. This, this and I just scribble it in there. And, um, you know, it often bonded very well with poetry. So once I okay. that, um, the next thing automatically would be to write a poem about the kind of feeling or the kind of emotion that I was feeling at the time. So I just knew that I liked to write. And if people saw the stuff that I wrote, not the journal, of course, but like my poems, they would tell me, this is really good. This is good. And having a very imaginative mind, I'm always, you know, scribbling stuff that look like scripts, you know, back in the day. And I just write a little short story and pass it out for my sirens. And my teachers would be like, this is a really good story. Where'd you copy it from? I'm like, no, it's from my head. So that was how I knew that I could do a good job with writing. And it was just something yeah. that made me effortlessly. But it was not oh. a long time that I eventually learned that People go pay you to write. I had no idea. I think this happened. This is like cross cultural. Like I can write, but I better go get a, a different job. <laughs> like, like so many of us think that we can't be paid. So then, did you go on to do something else before you got into ghostwriting? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, 
I'm African, Nigerian especially, and you cannot be an Nigerian child telling your parents that you want to be a writer. What is that? <laughs> well, go write at your spare time. You can't be a writer in my house. So <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen here. So what I did was, you know, I did with every kid, you know, going to school. I studied um, medical laboratory sciences, and that's that's the field that I actually was in, because growing up, I thought, uh, just go be a doctor, because, you know, that's yeah. what, one of the prestigious things you could ever become as an African child, you know, and uh, the culture back home. So that's what I studied, but it was um, during, before COVID, actually, that I, I sort of, like, decided that I wasn't going to practice my field anymore. I was already writing before that time, but I was sort of trying to combine it, you know, still get the job, right? But COVID, I'm like, no, hands down, stop everything. I've been wasting my time. This is not something I'm passionate about. I want to do stuff that I'm passionate about. Let's chase it head on. Yeah. And I I think like... The world has changed so much, right? So our parents, I mean, you're younger than me, but probably this, they didn't grow up with the internet. Like my parents didn't grow up with the internet. I barely grew up with the internet. So like jobs have changed. Like the possibility of running a business online, like you and I, we were just talking, we're, we're talking across the ocean. Like that's amazing, you know? So like, it's almost like a possibility that they, our parents didn't think would, was possible. Like, why would they think that, you know? Sure. And I so you, that. right. <laughs> it's like, no, dad, at some point I will get clients in Australia and it'll be fine. I'd be like, you're, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so you went through all of the medical training. So you are a trained and you're like, nope, we're done during COVID. You want to just go full on writing. Um, actually, I, I just got the basic educational degree. I didn't practice because I was supposed to go for a year internship, you know, all that practice. But oh, right. that I quit, so I didn't go for that. It's more like I just get the degree, put it in my bag, and I'm done. That's what I did. <laughs> if you ever have to fall back on it. I mean, COVID changed a lot, right? Like, that's that's a it was it's a big deal. Like, we're three years out, and maybe we can sort of keep moving forward. But it's it was a big deal. Like, we need to not forget. <laughs> like, shutting down was was big. So, so you were writing before that though. You were, were you trying, were you writing your own poetry? Were you doing your things or were you already ghostwriting while studying and getting, um, and working? Oh, I was already writing. Well, it okay. was, it was after, after the COVID time that I actually took it more like a career set up. So I was already right. ghostwriting, but I was oh. ghostwriting with work and other things, because I wasn't really sure that I could balance, because, you know, there's a thing, there's a inside joke that we authors have, that authors are not really rich people, and I was there in the writing world, and <laughs> I was seeing that oh, there's not so much money, <laughs> and we have bills to pay, so it's like, do it, be broke, don't do it, and have something to fall back on, but it was COVID that taught me, because when COVID came, the jobs were gone. I couldn't, I couldn't right. work else. And I realized that I had to hold myself back because since I was trying to juggle so many things at once, it was also during the time too, I had a show. I was also hosting people, um, authors to come and talk about their book. It was called Book to Be a Show. And because I was juggling different things at the same time, I couldn't focus on one because right. it's a career. So people think you can't really make that in a career, but I disagree. 
you can make it a full-time career. In fact, it's a whole big career. It's a whole lot of work. And because I was divided, I couldn't give it the attention that it needed. And so it wasn't growing the way it was supposed to grow. I was getting clients. I was doing some freelancing, but it wasn't enough. And I, I didn't even know that there was a lot more to just being a ghostwriter. You have to actually make people know that you are a ghostwriter and that involves some serious marketing. And I wasn't doing that because my time was divided. But um, when COVID came, I realized that the whole thing that I was worried about was gone. COVID took it all. And you right. go back home was writing. So I realized that I could actually live without those jobs. I could live without all these divide, that divided attention and just do my thing. And I just did that. Right. So, That's an amazing, like epiphany though you know to be like oh what I thought I was falling back on actually I'm falling back on my writing like what a reversal there to be like oh when you take that away because no one would have ever before COVID thought right that it that they would actually take away the medical (laughs) like the world would take that one away so I, I think that's true though like with any writing or any business if you're divided like in your focus it's hard to really have it grow right yeah. So you were already ghostwriting. How did you start out ghostwriting? Like, how did you decide that that was something you wanted to pursue? Okay. So because I've been writing and I've been doing poetry for a while, I already had the skills, which is mm-hmm. the very number one thing you need to have if you even want to consider becoming a ghostwriter. But it wasn't until later when um, somebody tagged me to a post. So here's how it went down. I used to put out this poetry to have graduated from just writing it in my journals to actually putting it out on social media. So I just create this little key template and then write some of my poems on it and put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook. And people were like, oh, I love this poem. It touches me in this aspect or the other aspect. And people were just like sharing it sometimes. It was getting some attention. And um, I'd, I'd say, well, I wrote this. I could write this for you. Like, you know, just self advertising what I was doing. And then um, someone, I, I didn't know I could get paid though. So someone, a friend, she saw, she'd been like seeing my poems and all of the stuff that I've been putting out. And she saw somewhere that somebody, a coach, mentioned that she was taking in students. She wanted to take in students, but these people had to already be writing. Okay. So mm. she's going to do like a paid test. And if you pass that paid, if you pass the test, then you get to be a part of a team. Now, the good thing is because you're already writing, she's not going to be teaching you how to do it. She's just going to be teaching you how to monetize the skill, how to scout oh. and get geeks. And this person that saw it, um, she tagged me to the post. And I, I went there, I saw it. Oh, wow. She's just looking for a team. Okay. Or maybe I just apply. And I applied. I sent, I sent my application in. She said, um, here's a prompt. Write the story off this prompt. And send it over. You've got two days. <laughs> I don't need two days. The stuff I do for free. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I just put straight up and I got there. I just, it, I didn't really take it seriously. You know, it's just something you don't even know that it's, it could be like a career, career. You know. So I just put really? it, and um, I got, you know, there's a, a few days after that. She said, I really loved your prompt. It was so good. You know, I'd love to have you on my team. Um, fill in the details below and all of that. And um, I became a part of a team and it was she who actually showed me how to monetize 
ghostwriter, like actually take it as a career. So it wasn't that she was teaching me how to write, but she was now yeah. showing me how to pitch, how to right. be, get the clients that I wanted and how to present myself as a ghostwriter in a practical sense because she was giving us jobs. She had jobs. She was like a middleman in the industry. She was getting jobs and she just get like a whole bulk job, like 10 projects. And she's going to delegate and say, oh, JD, you write this one. This other person is just, just going to guide us to do it. So I was okay. learning on the job. That was that was the most practical class I ever had. And that was when I learned that it's more better to learn practically than have somebody just tell you a bunch of courses to read or, or watch. It's better for them to give you the job and have you learn from the job. That's what that uh. She was amazing. She's 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 thick. She's my angel. <laughs> wow. No, that's really cool because I I can imagine like even if you know how to write and it sounds like you write really well, was ghostwriting a skill of like that you needed to learn? Like were there still things about ghostwriting in particular? Cuz well, tell us first of all for anyone who doesn't know, what is ghostwriting? Like what is your job as a ghostwriter? I guess it's so simply put, a ghostwriter is a person who gets paid to write anonymously for another person. So like the word ghost, you're not getting the credits. The person who you're writing for is going to be known as the author. So this, this person is buying off your expertise, your skill in crafting or producing that manuscript. You're not going to be the owner of it. Okay. And is it usually um, nonfiction? It's usually their story, like a memoir or nonfiction, or could it be fiction as well? You can ghostwrite literally anything. Anything? Anything. People ghostwrite speeches. Like I'm talking big time speeches. We have celebrity A-list ghostwriters. They ghostwrite even speeches. Don't want to be too loud. Some of the speeches that you see on the news, a ghostwriter wrote that. Wow. Oh my gosh. You're like blowing the tops off of the industry here. I mean, I assume most celebrity books are probably ghostwritten, right? Like I can't believe that a celebrity would have that. Like just, yeah. I mean, writing's a skill, right? Like you can't be everything. You can't be a singer and a writer. I mean, I guess you could, but it's a low, low chance. (laughs) Especially if you're really big. In your field, there's no time. Your schedule is really packed. You need time to write a book. Yeah, and you need it written well. Like, you don't have time to have a published book that's no good. You know, you need someone to do it. So, So because you're the person behind the scenes, like, writing, what is it that you had to learn? Or was there anything different about writing what you had already been writing, poetry, and, like, different other things for people and actually ghostwriting a book. Was there anything different that you had to learn? Yes, especially when I decided I was going to make memoir writing, nonfiction writing my forte. So I ghostwrite, okay. I do some couple of romance, treeless stuff and all of that. But when you're writing a nonfiction book, like a memoir or an autobiography, that's when you know if you really are a writer. Because... Oh. Fiction book with a, a, a romance novel or a thriller novel, whatever. Those kind of novels. You can, all you have to do is just spin an idea. You can spin like 10 different ideas and, and have the client look at it and like, which one do you like? I can spin it some more. <laughs> because yes. that's not your story, man. That's like n- nobody's story. You're just thinking it up. And if you have mm-hmm. a if you have a strong imaginative mind, that's easy. That's that's not even a piece of work for you. But 
the real work is writing another person's story for them. So for example, if I'm to write your story, I'm a black woman, I'm African, with my experiences somewhat limited to my person, my environment, and my culture. And we have not experienced similar things. So if I have to write your book, I have to become you so that when you mm. look at the book, it doesn't feel like a black girl somewhere in Africa or anywhere else wrote it. It has to feel like you wrote it, you. Um, a white woman in D.C., her name's Kash, she's a podcast that maybe has pets. You know, it has to feel like you. And to do yeah. that, you need more than just writing skill. You need to yeah. support yourself into another person's body. <laughs> it's a crazy wow. process, but that, that, that's what I like to call it, transporting yourself to another person's body. And um, if you want, I could talk a little bit about what that process Yeah, is. like how, how much do you get to know the client? Like how do you, how do, you do that? Me, how do you know them enough? Because <laughs> I was like, I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. <laughs> like we might have something. I don't know. <laughs> and you're, I mean, you have different ages. You have different cultures. You have different. Uh, I mean, you've you've helped write for men as well. Like you have different sexes. Like that's how have you? How did you learn that? Okay, so I have like my own process. I don't know what works for other those writers, but for me, the first thing is becoming friends with these people. So first of all, either I'm pitching to the clients that I'm proposing to write for them, or they're actually talking to me or proposing that I write for them. So either ways, I have to hear your story first of all. So just like a brief overview, I need to know what kind of story that you're writing. And I have to be interested in your story. I have mm. had to tone down some stories because I didn't feel that I could do it. Not that I couldn't write it. I could write it for you. But I needed the story to speak to me, and it wasn't speaking to me. Mm. So. So that's, that's one thing I want. He has to have a connection with me. When I hear you, okay. well, I feel like I want to tell it, that story that you're telling me. So if I feel like, bang, I want to write this book, this is an interesting yeah. story, then that's the first step. So the next step is getting to know this individual. Before we even talk about exchanging materials, I need to even know how you think as a person. And I always talk to my clients in video, first of all. We talk, I can see your mannerisms. Like I'm talking to you now. I can see your face. I know the way you nod when you like something. I see how you smile if something is getting to you. I can see the way your eyes light up if you're intrigued. Now, my job is to observe these mannerisms, these emotions. And then also when you're writing for someone, you have to capture their voice. A certain Mm. way that they talk. And that was Yeah, yeah, you can reflect that. So if I talk with you a bit a bit more after now, I'll be able to tell if you are the kind of person to use contractions in your sentences. For example, there are some people who don't say wanna. They wouldn't say yeah. I wanna. They still say I want to it. Right, <laughs> right. You, you, so you don't want to write a book for someone. For example, I'm saying wanna. So if you want to write for me, you know, wanna, gonna, sugar is my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Someone who says, I want to, I don't want to, um, I'd like to, and doesn't use these kind of mannerisms. If I write and say, I wanna, it's going to look alien to them because they don't sound that way. Right. Yes. So was that something that you learned with um, your mentor? Like just becoming part of that person, but you must be very good at languages and cadence as well to just be able to pick up on that. 
I think so. I think so. Now, this was something I had to learn on my own. My mentor, she didn't teach me, you know, how to make this my nature or anything. She just taught me how to monetize, like how to pitch, where to find good paying clients and, you know, position yourself properly. So it's more like she gave me the net and um, all the equipment that I could use to fish. And it was my job to go out there and do the the digging and all the searching properly. Well, I can tell that this, this, you're very passionate about it because if you really want to write the book well, you have to, like you said, you have to write it in their voice as though you are inside their body. So you have to be passionate about that. Like you, like you said, you might have to turn some books down if it doesn't, you know, inspire something in you, but you must also just have a sort of ability to observe. Maybe that's the poetry in you where you can just observe people. <laughs> like I know poets, I've interviewed a couple, like you guys just have a certain way of looking at the world as a poet. That's like, away. <laughs> yes. I think it, it, it must like pull people's story as well, because I know, um, I mean, I've worked with clients and with memoir, you know, clients, I don't write it, but I sort of mentor them through it. And I don't know if you've come up against this, but sometimes when it's their story, they think they want to tell the story, but actually as they get into it, it's very difficult. You know, they have to get deeper so that you, and I would assume so you can get deeper. So like have, what is that like when you're working with someone? Like how, how long might it take to actually get to the heart of, of the story? Cause sometimes a, a, a person might think a memoir is just like this happened, this happened, this happened, but really a memoir is like, how was it for you? You know, like we want that human experience. Right. And that, that means getting deep. Okay. So, so because I have been doing a lot of memoirs and, you know, autobiography kind of work, it has often meant that I have been dealing with a lot of traumatizing experience. Oh, right. Right. I find, uh, uh, to be honest, 98% of the people I've worked with all have a brutal story to talk about. Oh. Something that has left them damaged and completely, utterly damaged. Like this is them trying to seek closure. So for example, if you're writing a book to someone who has had to deal with abuse, that's a sensitive topic for them. Yeah. Not that they need to even be comfortable. They need to trust you to come out. It's like they've been right. in the back and you asking them, oh, come out, come out naked, just come out. And that's a lot. That's a lot of asking. That's a lot. Yeah. So they, need to feel, they should feel your trust. So before, before you ask them to come out, you best lay the ground for them. So when they come out, they don't feel cold outside. There's something waiting to, to envelope them. So that is the trust. I like to tell them, think of me as your friend. And this is a process. You and me were healing together. And sometimes when they tell me their stories, when we talk, before we even start writing, it's always a moment of just two people opening up. And mm-hmm. if it's a story that I can relate to, I tell them, I feel you. Right. And I let them know that I am utterly sympathetic to them. And sometimes the stories even make me cry. So it's, it's often a case of, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry, you want to do something like that? And they're like, oh, no, right? <laughs> and we just oh, dear. on ourselves there. And yeah. you know that this story is utterly painful for it to make a stranger like me cry. And I'm listening to yes. I don't, I don't even know if I could tell my story if I was you. 
you are so brave. And listen, yeah. I will help you. I will help you. We're going to do this together. And someone listening to this is enough to tell them, you know, maybe I can trust this person. Maybe we could do right. this. And so they're willing to take the step little by little. And mm. I try my best to include that emotion in the book because it's, it's something, um, it's, it's a big deal for them to tell you this. It's something you should handle like a fragile object, okay? Be careful with these emotions and tell it that way. Don't ruin it by trying to put your, your own emotion. Just tell it the way they gave it to you. They gave you something, put it back to them that same way. So I just express it there. And when I show them the first sample or the first draft, they're, they're often motivated to come out boldly because now they're like, Right. This, okay. This feels like a, a welcome, you know, invitation to step out and tell you more. And that's how it goes after that. Wow. That's very cool. I think that's very cool that you are able to do that. Like it takes a certain personality to be able to listen to that many different stories. Like so, there's so many stories of trauma in the world and to be able to pull it together and put it into a book for them. And like, that's very cool. That's very amazing. <laughs> like, I'm very impressed. I think the key is listen, not like an author. I tell my yeah. students that listen, not like an author or a ghostwriter. Just listen like a human being. Because mm. if you have someone talk to you and you're interested in how you're going to ghostwrite this, you're going to miss out on the emotions that they're sharing with you. But if you just drop all that ghostwriting thing in your head, just drop it. They're talking to a human being. You're not some robot. Sit down and listen to this person talk. Just like a yeah. friend to you. Then only then will you be able to get the right emotion that you'll translate in your book. So after you've listened, you can now think about what to do with these emotions that they've given to you. It works all huh. the time. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So so you have you started ghostwriting before COVID, but then you sort of you really got into it. Like ghostwriting is um, your business now, um, but you also do a couple other things. Yeah. Is ghostwriting the main part of your business, or is it just a part and the other things are sort of share together? Okay, so I've been ghostwriting for like five years now, four five years okay. now. So, yeah, you could take so it. Ghostwriting is something that I am super passionate about. It's, yeah, it's me. Yeah. It's stuff that I like to do. I like stories. You give me a story and you've given me, it's like you've given me food. <laughs> and I just like to tell it. And maybe it's because I've been telling stories of people who have been through traumatizing situations. So for me, it feels like I'm doing my part in, you know. Yeah. A better place because these people when they when we're done they're like you have no idea what this means to me and I can tell because they are right so, it's like a closure for them and I it's it's like I'm healing myself too because I'm broken as well and these stories they have no idea but they inspire me to want to be a better person so ghostwriting right. is something that I'm passionate about but corporately after um COVID I decided to create an agency so that's like the business side of me, but it's separate from ghostwriting. I am a ghostwriter, but I have mm-hmm. a company that um, I run when I'm not ghostwriting. It's, it's a content and branding agency for Facebook. Okay. Yeah. So I have that's a very... work there, but I kind of like supervise and, you know, that's stuff that I also like to do, you know, 
branding involves telling stories as well. Yeah. So I get to use that skill in there to help. Yeah, yeah, that, it's true. There are so many ways to tell a story in this world, right? Visually and um, written as well. And do you do you teach people to become ghostwriters or will that be part of you at some point or do you just want to keep the ghostwriting separate, just you? Oh, I coach people. I coach people to become ghostwriters as well. Oh. So what does what does that look like for for somebody who thinks that um, they're good at writing um, or they know you know the basics I guess about writing? What if they come to you and they think well, I kind of this sounds cool to be able to help somebody bring a story into the world and be the writer behind it? What what does that look like to be trained as a ghostwriter? Oh, basically, like you said, you must have some skill. You must be a writer. I'm not teaching somebody how to write. That's a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I can do that. You know, teaching someone how to write. That's basically like teaching someone English. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> so you have to have, you know, be a writer, have some written work, maybe even some published stuff, not compulsory, but at least I have to say that you love to write because mm. yeah, yeah, eventually you might even get to get good money, you know, get paid and all. But as you go on, you will discover that. There's a lot more to it, those writing than just having the money. Because after the adrenaline and excitement of the first cash sets in and expires, then there's the work to do. You need to actually love it to want to finish it. If not, it's going to be a struggle to finish the book after you've done the money. I tell you this from experience. That's why I don't pick a story that I don't like. Because after the money comes in, ah, why do I even have to do this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love the story. I'm invested in it. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not big. Yeah, I, I can imagine. It's like anything in business, right? We sort of hone up like where we want to have the niche. Like you, you said, you could probably write many, many things, but what makes you so passionate is the, is the memoir. So what, what does a day look like for you when you, you found a story that you want to write for a ghostwriter? Like, do you guys have time? lines like a deadline um like how does that work out just like the business wise just so that people understand that it's not like oh I get money and I sort of write a story (laughs) take the romance down a little bit on the (laughs) okay okay so basically it depends on what I'm writing on so if I'm Mm. writing about something that involves me to do research which most of my jobs involve because oh oh I hadn't thought of that so oh, it's talking fun. to the person, but also researching. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Let me use an example. Um, one of my last projects, I had to write about someone who's, who was in coma for a year, almost a year, I think. And oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know anybody who's been in coma. I had to research, well, you know, the, the, things, the situations that could lead to a coma and eventually how long, because we had to get it right, because you have no idea if a doctor is going to be reading that book and they're going to say, this is wrong. This is incorrect. So I had to make my research to know how long someone who was in this condition can stay in coma. You know, what are what are the do's and don'ts for patients in coma? Because the characters has, you know, family members around. We don't want the family members doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, you know? So, oh. exactly. So then I had to also research what the effects of, you know, surviving a coma can have on a patient. So I'm not over-exaggerating, you know, while okay. I'm the storyline, I want to keep, you know, the facts, 
you know, in line as well. So I had to read up on that. I even had to make a call to a doctor that um, that was, um, he, he specializes in um, neurosurgery and um, a couple of other things, but he was like in the spine and neurosurgery department because the, the character that we was writing for um, lost um, the ability to control his legs. And also okay. I wasn't sure of the stuff that I was going to be writing. So I reached out to this doctor and even just asked a couple of questions about our potential character. What's it looking like for someone who had coma, who had um, seizures, like heavy seizures for a long time? What's it like for this person? You know, just ask these kind of questions. And I use that to impute in the story that I'm writing. I've never, never experienced it. And then I also asked um, people who have had to deal with people who, you know, they, they have relatives or friends who were once in coma. What was it like caring for these people? Did you, how do you yeah. feel? What are the challenges? So I could have my characters experience them because I cannot relate to it. And it, it was a, a memoir, but it was kind of like a fiction style memoir. So I wasn't even having um, the potential client's emotions to count on here because the client does not have that emotion. Was in a coma. <laughs> yeah, wow. Good, good. So, so I had to get these emotions from elsewhere and I even had to watch a movie as well. I, I watched the movie on Netflix. Um, it's me, it starts me before you. Really sad story. And yes, it is. You know it. Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> Great, great, great. So even yes, if- the tissues, get your tissue oh, box. <laughs> I, about it. I had already watched the movie um, a while ago, but this this project made me go back to rewatch it because right. the guy was in a wheelchair as well. And um, you know, the sad me before you film, we wanted it to be there because the character would have to leave his family untimely you know write a sad note and all oh, don't don't try to make me better don't give me an oxygen just like the guy in the movie did so I needed to have that emotion again so I could put it in the book okay biggest project sad is a lot yeah so it's not just right you can't just be good at writing you have to be willing and good at research and getting the emotions of the other people and getting the the things that are happening around them, whatever that might be. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're back. <laughs> it's okay. So you you have to you have to be good at research then. We didn't hear your answer to that. So like, that's part of the job, really. It is. Absolutely. So then what, for anyone who's looking to to be a ghostwriter, what would you tell them? Where would you tell them to start, really? Sorry. Yeah, I keep Sorry, did, Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> did you? So where would you tell somebody to start if they wanted to um, pursue ghostwriting i'm going to say if you haven't done it before like if you haven't ever ventured into the field of ghostwriting before um one of the things that you have to do first of all is to hone your communication skill because you need you need a good you need to have a great deal of communication to be able to get an emotion from a client and translate it into 
your own, but without losing the person's voice. Right. Right. You might, right. you might, you might need to have a coach because if there are people who can tell you absolutely how to do it. And um, two, people often um, forget that there are courses available. You could take classes. You could take courses if you don't want to have a coach. These things are important because there's a lot that you cannot learn on your own. You might okay. be so at writing, but you need assistance. And talk to other girls' writers. Feel free to ask somebody questions. I survived this far because I asked questions. I don't know stuff. I asked somebody. I don't know this. I asked um, Stacy, our friend, before we came here. I'm like, do you know any podcast I could come on? And she, she told me about you. And if I didn't ask, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I would to meet you. So ask questions. If you're starting out, then that's the easiest way. You can ask Google too. I mean, I ask literally everything. <laughs> to read up, you have to read up. And two, read books too. There are some okay. guides and books that can help you with your writing. Um, yeah. If you, I can't really remember their names now, but there are a lot of books that are there to guide you. And these are from experienced writers. Read those books. They can also help you as well. Okay. Very cool. So if somebody is looking to possibly, maybe somebody's thought they were going to write their book, but now they're thinking, oh, maybe I could just um, get it ghostwritten because it's still their story out in the world. Where can people find you um, both online like online, like uh, social media and your website. Okay. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's okay. The, um, is this is a place to get me just JB favor. I think I'm the only JB favor on LinkedIn. Sorry. I was, I'm just, wow. Good for you, man. Oh that's, God, is that even possible? I think that's like a million of us, <laughs> but I'm the, I'm JB favor with a capital letter, all through all caps, JB favor. And yeah, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I'm also active there as JB Favor. Basically, all my handles are JB Favor. And if JB you do Google search, I have an optimized profile on Google. So you can just do a quick JB Favor search on Google and you'll find literally everywhere you can contact me with. And my website is on Journal Portfolio. It is um, JB Favor at journalportfolio.com. It's like a website portfolio and you can reach out to me there. Awesome. We will also have the links in the show notes. Um, but so that, you know, if, um, if somebody's driving or whatever, they can, they can get your links there. But yeah, JB Favor is very, very easy across the board. You can find her if you are looking to possibly be a ghostwriter. You can ask questions as JB encourages you to do. And if you're thinking about maybe, maybe writing your book is too much and you just need somebody to help you with it and maybe ghostwrite it for you, I encourage you to, to reach out to JB. Thank you so much, JB, for coming on the show and, across the waters. (laughs) I hope to have you on again soon sometime. All right. Thank you. I think this was a really fun episode. I love talking to you. It was really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, 
my one-on-one coaching information and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.